Okay, good evening everyone. Learning from a Koyen. That's the subject of tonight's Shia. What can I learn from a Koyen? So we're going to start off with Chazal. We're going to start off with a source called the Tana Debei Yau. In the 31st chapter of Tana Debei Yau, which is a source from our Rabbi. And it says like this. It says the following. Through peace. What does it mean to make peace? Just like Hashem, with His great and blessed name forever and ever, intends and makes peace with the, get ready, 6,490 times 10,000, try work out how many that is, of angels that are standing before Him always. There are millions and trillions of angels standing before the throne of God. And Hashem is making peace with them. And they're sanctifying His name always. From sunrise until sunset. They say what we say in Shul Kedusha. Kadosh, 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 holy, holy, holy is Hashem, Tzavakois, master of legions. He fills the whole world with his revelation. And from sunset all the way until sunrise. My blessed is the revelation of Hashem from his place. And so too he intends. Vaisa Shalom and makes peace, Bashivim the Shainish with all the seventy nations. And anyone who comes into the world who he created. Shinema as it says, Oh he makes peace in the upper realms. Between all those angels there. Kach so to Yase Adam, so to a person should imitate and follow what Hashem does and make shalom, make peace, ben kol adam nechavera between every man and his fellow, uvein ish leishtoi, and a man and his wife. So what are we saying over here? What is Hashem occupying Himself with? Making shalom, making peace between all the angels in Shemaim. And so too, we need to follow His lead and make peace over here with people. Okay. And this is what Aaron, who was Moshe's brother and the first Kayan, this is what he used to do. He used to intend and actively go and pursue and make peace. You know what the best peace is? Between the Jewish people and Hashem. In other words, he was trying to increase their Yiddishkeit. We find this with the prophet Yechezkel. Chapter 20 of the prophet Yechezkel tells us that Hashem told Aaron to send a message to the Jews before Moshe Rabbeinu was in the picture in Mitzrayim to go and tell the Jews to stop doing idolatry. They'd fallen into idolatry. And Aaron was their leader, their guide, and he was helping them. And one of his greatest quests in life was to get them to serve God better. 
Uven Yisrael Lachachomim. And he made peace between the Jewish people and the rabbis. Yeah? Why do you need that? Well, let's face it. Sometimes the arguments and squabbles, the rabbis will say, this is the law. The Yidin will say, that's not the law. Or differently, it could be that the rabbi says something and the Yid is offended. Or the rabbi says something and the Yid doesn't listen. In all these cases, Aaron Akain was making the effort all the time to make peace between them. Between one rabbi and another rabbi. Sometimes there's competition. Between a Jew and his fellow Jew. And between man and his wife. So, what we have over here, importantly, is that we see that Aaron HaKoyen, Aaron HaKoyen, Aaron, the high priest, the representative of the Jewish people to God, what was he doing? He was making peace. Now, this is very important because people make a very grave error. And they think that the idea of a koyen is unfortunately what is translated in English as a priest. You know, a priest is someone who looks very holy. He's supposed to be an intermediary between you and God. He's supposed to atone for you that you confess and then, you know, it just wipes it clear. No. The Kohanim have two specific missions. They are the Shluchim, they are the agents of us to Hashem, and they're the agents of Hashem to us. In other words, they are here to teach us, and they are here to do a job as a representative of us, which is our job, but we can't all be serving in the temple the whole time. So therefore... We need people who are designated to do that service. But they're also the agents of God back to us to teach us Torah, to increase our Torah, to increase our connection. And you see, to make shalom, to make peace. Now, let's take a look a little bit over here as to what these areas were that Aaron focused on. And of course, we're not here... To be a Kayan, either you're a Kayan or you're not. We're here to learn and to replicate and to do the same as them in our own lives. First of all, the Tanah Beliel said that he made peace between the Jewish people and Avinim Shabbat and their Father in Heaven. There's a beautiful example of this. At the end of Parshas Balak, the wicked Bilam, the prophet of the Goyim, made a terrible, terrible plan, which was to create marketplaces. And there were two rows in this marketplace. In the front was a woman selling various things. And she was an older woman. And behind her was a younger woman and a seductive woman with alcohol and idols. And the intent was, and once the Jew takes a look inside, he sees it's okay. And then the older woman says, well, why don't you go to the back? There's a better deal there. And then she will seduce him into idolatry and immorality, right, by means of the alcohol, etc. And it was one big disaster, which erupted into a plague of the Jewish people. And 
the Jews were left with a little bit of an ultimate. Either we're going to fight this or we're going to give in. And the head of the tribe of Shem, who the Torah calls Zimri, and Chazal tell us that Shalumiel ben Sarisha died, the head of the whole tribe of Shem. What did he decide to do? He decided to go from within and to take a non-Jewish woman publicly and marry her in front of everyone. Now, the grandson of Aaron was someone called Pinchas. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akayan, and he took a spear, he hid it away, and he pretended to be on Zimri's side, and he went and took the spear and stabbed Zimri together with the non-Jewish woman, lifted them up, and walked outside. Can you imagine such a violent act? But that stopped the plague. And Hashem says in Pasha's Pinchas, I'm going to give him a Brisi Shalom, a covenant of peace. Ask the Briskarov. Such an act, such a person who does such a thing. The last thing you think to give him is peace. What's the peace in that act? The Territ says, the answer is, is because you know what the peace was that he generated? Peace between us and Hashem. By destroying, by being mevired, by wiping away the disgrace in the Jewish people, he created a peace. He created between a peace between us and HaKadosh Baruch. And that is one of the jobs that Aaron did. So not everything Aaron did was so nice and so easy for people to understand and to accept because he needed to tell off people. He needed to push people. Now, importantly, there's a grave error that people make. And they think that telling off someone is toichacha. The mitzvah of toichacha is translated as rebuke. However, it's not really exactly the translation. Toichacha is to guide someone in a way in which you awaken in him the realization that he's got to change and he decides to do it himself. Now, I'll tell you why it's so important there. Because when a person just tells someone off, so often he won't accept it. We always get on the back foot when someone tells us we're doing something wrong. And particularly when it's someone who says it with a little bit of sharpness, who says it with a little bit of enjoyment. Yeah? There's a story in the Slabotka Yeshiva in Lithuania that uh, there was a, a boy who came in on Shabbos and he rolled up his sleeves as if to put on tefillin. And we know you don't put on tefillin on Shabbos. And one of the boys went over to him with a smile and said, it's Shabbos today. Now the Rav, the Alt of Slabotka, rebuked that boy. What are you doing smiling and, and laughing at him for? He made a mistake. You go up to him nice and just say quietly, it's Shabbos. Okay, smile and smirk. That's me, this Rav. That's not Teichachah. That's not Teichachah. That's me feeling better because you're going down. And that is not what Aaron Akain did. What Aaron Akain did is he went to people and he rebuked them in a way in which he got them to understand what was happening and they changed themselves. You know, in Parshas Baloischa it says that when you light the menorah, when the coin lights the menorah, he has to hold the lighter there until it lights itself. Right? There are two ways to light and this is actually Aloha by Hanukkah as well. If you can just hold it on top there and then pull it away and then the flick comes, uh, the, the, the flickers up, the, the flame comes. Or you hold it there till the flame arises. Why do you hold it there till the flame arises? 
arises. So Rav Hirsch explains that this is the idea of education of Chinuch, that you want to light the child on fire. You want to get the child to be inspired and to generate from his own. And that's really effective Teichach. Instead of slamming the person and smashing, you get them to understand, oh, that's what I need to do, yes. And then they choose to do it themselves. Aaron say Chazal over here, was a master at this. And he got the people to connect themselves between them and Avim Shabbat Shemayim. If our angle and our perspective when we look at others is to help, to better to increase for their sake, then we'll be successful. But if we're coming with an, in, with an interest, a personal interest, to get over him, that's a problem. You know, where you see the opposite of this is in a sports game. You know, when I'm playing a soccer game against someone else, so if Yaakov Weinberg Zatzal points out something interesting, he says, when I score and the goalie lets it in, I am getting honor at his expense. That's called Mishabed Beklein Chavayim. Because what am I doing? I'm scoring against him and now he's oi and I'm like, yay, etc. And I can tell you as a teacher, as a rabbi, that this is often the, the squabbles that happen at uh, break time. Right? The problem is, is that, you know, it gets very, uh, it gets very hot under the collar. This one's screaming, that one's shouting, it was a goal, it wasn't a goal, this, that. And really... It's because you're coming against the other. That can't be the way in serving God. When you serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it has to be for the sake of Hashem, and I want to be able to better Yenem, the other person. Okay. The second thing he did was Ben Yisrael Lechachamim. He made peace between the Jewish people and the Rabbonim. Now, why is this so important? So firstly, I'll tell you like this. I have seen many, many cases of people where there have been terrible, terrible things that have erupted in families, friends, shuls, schools, institutions. And it could have been solved had they been willing to listen to a rov. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. I've seen so many times where if a rov had been listened to, it would have gone further and such and, and would have solved the problem. But no... This one said, no, 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 that Rav has got his own interest. This one said that Rav's got this. And you don't have your own interest. And when you had that fight and that feud and that squabble for you, it was all clear sailing. My foot it was. The Territ says you don't want to submit yourself to someone else's authority. But when you have a Rav in charge, things change dramatically. You know, in my experience, I've, I've seen much more success with people who have respect for Rabbonim than people who trash Rabbonim. A lot more success in life in general and in their own personal lives as well. Because if you trash the Rabbonim, what you're saying is, is that I can't trust anyone of authority and therefore who do I trust myself? And that's a very dangerous, dangerous uh, road to go on because we're all incredibly biased. We're all people that see things through our own eyes. And we don't always, we're not always willing to admit to really if it's, if it's uh, the truth or not, because the truth hurts sometimes. So what did Aaron do? He would mend the breaches between Rabbonim and people. Now, 
Sometimes you'll say, but that Rav, look what he did. Many, many years ago, I was involved in a certain, a certain uh, argument that took place. And there was a big Rosh Hashiva. And the Rosh Hashiva had a certain argument with various Rabbonim. And the Rosh Hashiva ended up speaking Noshin Horror about the Rabbonim. And one Rav spoke to me and he said, he's still one of my Rabbonim. Even though he spoke Noshin Horror, he's still one of my Rabbonim. He, he made a mistake, but he's still one of my Rabbonim. And you know, what the, you know what the maturity of this is? To understand that you can make an error and a mistake. But he's still got a lot to give. You know, I was in a uh, Shia once. And this Rav was unbelievable. He had inspiration. He was charismatic. He had passion. He got people listening. But I had personal dealings, you know, with this Rav. And I knew that in certain areas, what can I say? There was a great big blotch of Sheker, of falsehood. But I understood that he never saw it that way. He partially didn't see it that way. He never saw it. It's a contradiction that how he's expressing, espousing Torah and with excitement and interest. And on the other hand, in the other areas, it's, uh, you know, Bob's your uncle. But he never saw it that way. He's still someone I respect and I learn from. Don't trash him and knock him out. He messed up. He didn't have that finesse for MS, for truth. But at the end of the day, this is still someone of respect. Aaron Akoyan, it doesn't say used to go around and say, oh, well, let's see who's right, who's wrong. No, it's irrelevant. He made shalom between Yidin and the Chachamim. And you've got to know that if a person's without a rov, he really has nothing. Because if he's without a rov, then what, what results from it? You know, anything goes. Anything goes. But if you have that outside opinion, and someone immersed in Torah, you'll be able to direct the person in a totally different way. What between run, run, rov, and another rov? What about that? Now this is quite a tricky one. Because now we're in the world of Rabbonim. And we'd like to believe that everybody gets on beautifully, but it's not always the case. It's not always the case. You know, the one Rav appoints someone to put bums on seats in his shoe. And he, and he makes him in charge of going and, and, and canvassing and bringing people from other shoes. Right? Now, is that permitted? Well, it depends. If he's 100% the shame Shemayim, then yes. I'll stand on my head if I can find someone who's 100% the shame Shemayim to do that. Right? For the sake of Hashem. Right? Instead, you create a good product and someone comes. That's a different story. You have a product. Someone wants to come. They want to see it. That's different. But to go and yank people away, right? I think our Kaddish Baruch was missing from that, to be quite honest. So we have over here a rov with another rov. And sometimes a conflict of interests. And sometimes they disagree. And sometimes there's a fiery argument between them. Aaron used to go and make peace between the two of them. And I'll tell you why it's so important. Because as Chazal tell us, that if we have Rabbonim fighting, people say, well, if that's how they behave, what about us? It's not so bad when we squabble and fight. They can't tell me off. The Chidor, 
was one of the Gedoylein. Amish, one of the Gedoylein. The Shema Gedoylein of the Chidoy wrote Svarim, the book of Yosef. And he traveled to Europe in the 1700s. And he, and he was witness to a terrible machloikis, a terrible argument between two Gedoylein Israel, which of course always gets fanned by the people around them. And this argument was fire. And he declared it is a chil Hashem. It is a desecration of God's name what's going on over here. And I guarantee you the, the Gedolim themselves were not to blame. But the people around them, they, you know, they love it. You get people, some people that love, they live for fights and feuds. And uh, he said this is, and it had a terrible effect on the, on the Jews around those cities and around those Medinas, those provinces at the time. So Aaron used to go and make peace between the Rabbonim as well. So you might say, well, that's enough. He tells the Jews off with God. He makes them understand that you've got to listen to the Rabbonim. The Rabbonim themselves, why do you have to go further? No. What about a Jew with his fellow Jew? What about friends, business associates, people who sit together in shul? That wasn't beneath Aaron to make peace with him. That wasn't beneath him. He didn't see, well, one second, uh, who's paying my salary over here? No, he didn't check that. He didn't see uh, who's making the, the papers, right? He didn't check that either. He didn't see uh, who's the gabbai in the shul, who's the, 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 you know, a very important person. No, any Jew, with his fellow Jew, he felt that it wasn't beneath him, that he would go and he would make peace. With, the, with Jew and Jew. And this is so important because I can tell you in my experience is not always are you successful in making peace. But one thing, I'll, uh, one thing you see from Aaron is that it was a value for him. It was a value for him was something he strove for. And if you strive for it, you'll see some success somewhere along the line. And I've seen this many times. Where I've tried something and it didn't seem to be a, a brick wall. And then later, okay, something worked from it. Something happened. And other times it was a brick wall. Never mind. But we've got to try. We've got to make the effort. People don't get on. You know, I was once sitting with, uh, with a guy who uh, had an argument with another. And I said to him, you have to understand that in a family, if there are two people that are not getting on, Got to do something about it. That's how I see it. Ah, oh, never mind the other guy's not related to you by blood or very distantly as being part of the Jewish people. It's irrelevant. At the end of the day, they're two, two Yidin. We've got to make a plan over here. We've got to see it as something within a family. And finally, an Aaron Akayen made peace between every man and his wife. How successful was he? So my Rosh Hashiva of Schwarzman Schlitter from Lakewood East, Yeshiva in Yerushalayim, he brought down a Gewalde Kazakh. He said, how many children were called Aaron when Aaron died? 80,000. Because he saved 80,000 marriages. Now this is Aaron. He's serving in the Mishkan, in the Tabernacle. He's Moshe's brother. He's a leader. He's teaching Torah. You've got time to worry about domestic issues. The answer is yes. You know what this teaches us? Number one, how important is it for a husband and wife to get on 
If Aaron Akoin felt it was necessary, you see that it's important, number one. Number two, you see another thing, that it's not beneath us to get involved to help out, if it's possible. If Aaron Akoin did, how much more so we have to make the effort, if we know someone or we're involved somewhere, to do what we can to mend the breaches. Can you imagine 80,000 marriages? Every psychologist, psychiatrist, they eat your heart out. And I'll tell you what I believe his secret was. His secret was is that he really cared. He didn't take a salary for it. He didn't sit and, and listen and just, you know, go, mm, 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 and just, you know, you know uh, stretch out the sessions to make money. He came and he cared and he showed that care and the people themselves reacted in turn when they saw that the claim, God is interested in my marriage. I've also got to be interested in my marriage. So how do we learn from the Kayin? We learn from the Kayin to make Shalom, to make peace. That's one angle of what the Kayin did. And not just peace when it suits us, not just peace when it's people close to me, but peace on all these different fronts that Aaron Akoyan used his efforts for. We came out of Shavuos. And at Shavuos we encamped at Sinai like one man with one heart, says Rashi. We were united. It was the only camp of the 42 camps where we were united. So too over here, we've got to take it with us. It's not just that, oh, that happened, great. No. We've got to have that in our hearts. And when we have that, we provide a vessel to bring down blessing upon all of us. Have a beautiful week. Sei gesund. Amen. Thanks, Rabbi. It's a pleasure.